thing about like my mom. My mom is 69 years old. She does this. She, it's like she's pretty spry. So, so, so yes, indeed. So that was fun. All right, Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for your word to us today, and we just pray that you would. Do in us as only you can. God, that you would prepare our hearts to receive the things that you have to say to us today. God, and that uh, your love would be the thing that would make the difference in our life. God, you said that your word wouldn't return to you void, but it would uh, accomplish the thing that you sent it forth to do. God, and just like uh, like Mary said all that time ago, God, so be it unto your servant, Lord Jesus. God, just do these things in us as only you can. In your name we pray. Amen. With me to Nehemiah 8. So, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. Happy Mother's Day to all you fathers. I always thought that, you know, I, I know we have Father's Day, but, you know, there would be no Mother's Day without fathers, nor would there be any Father's Day without mothers, so. But today is Mother's Day, so. It's a good day to. And drag yourself out of bed, make your wife breakfast, and and all that stuff. So, um, speaking of parents, one of the best things about good parenting is that it trains you to take instructions. It trains you to take constructive criticism, which is something that we don't like. Our society is so. Um, set on nobody can tell me what to do. You know, who are you to say what's right and wrong? Uh, our business is a, uh, a member of the uh, PDCA, the Painting and Decorating Contractors of America. And I always tell people, it's like, you know, now this bid is according to these, the work is going to be done according to these standards. Uh, this is a national organization, and they are the people who get to say, this is a properly painted surface. You know, because people kind of wonder about that. It's like, well, you know, what's good enough or, or whatever. And, and uh, this, this is actually what they say, and we have that in our contract, so that if they don't like it, they can go look at them and say, oh, well, too bad. We actually never had to pull that out on somebody once. But anyway, um, the thing about um, being critiqued is that uh, we typically don't like that. And so it's really great training to have somebody, um, you know, work with you on something. And as as much as as we typically don't like it, the 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 best way to be trained is to be encouraged on the things that you're doing well, but also to have the things that that you need improvement on pointed out to you. And, and here's how you can improve it. And uh, so. Uh, one of the boys' baseball coaches actually like teaches them form and uh, about how to throw and how to swing. And the other boys' coach just sits there. He like lines them up at home plate and like hits balls way out into the outfield, and then just they go chase them. And I keep asking myself, what on earth is that going to teach them? What kind, what skill does that apply to in baseball? You know, I, I don't get it. Anyway. Um, so, um, but the interesting thing is, is um, 
as as we get older, we typically don't, um, you know, we kind of get accustomed to not having that same amount of input in our life as we become an adult. Um, you know, like, uh, for example, uh, or, well, you know, when you're a kid, you get all kinds of input, and it's like you need to do this, that, or whatever. Then you, you grow up, you get married, and, or or you just grow up and you move out of the house or whatever, and suddenly, if you didn't get married especially, you stop having so much instruction about how you should do things. And... Um, and the funny thing is, is anything that we deal with that is kind of uncomfortable, um, it's there's something about continuing to do that activity that keeps it more tolerable, I guess you could say. Um, the, the further you get away from it, the more difficult it becomes. Uh, like for me, I think of making cold calls. I almost never do that anymore because I've just gotten busy doing other things and I probably should make time to do it. But it's been so long since I've done it, the very thought of it just makes my skin crawl. Uh, there for a while, I would sit down and do it for like four hours at a time. And uh, so, um, but it's been so long now that the more, the further I get away from it, the more, the less and less I want to do that. Uh, but here in Nehemiah, they have, of course, been carried away into Babylon. So they've, they've received some really good parenting, some, some good uh, corrections some instruction, and they have gone back to Jerusalem. And um, uh, let's see, here in Nehemiah, they are... Um, I think this, you know, this is after they've they've uh, built the law, or built the wall. Sorry, and uh, I'll just start in verse one. He says, "All the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month." And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from morning until midday before men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all were attentive to the book of the law. So from morning till midday sounds like right, sounds like about here. So because you know you, you don't there's no sense in fighting the Baptists to, to get to the restaurants first. You might as well just let them clear out. Uh, and Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mattathiah, and Shema, and Ananiah, and Urijah, and Hilkiah, Maasiah on his right hand. And on his left hand, Padiah, Mishael, Malchiah, Hashum, Hashbadana, and Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen with lifting up of their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And Jeshua and Bani and Sherebiah and Jamin and Akub and Shabbathai and Hodijah, Maasiah and Kalita and Azariah, Jozabad, Hanan, Peliah and the Levites caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. And here's where I wanted to get to. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and cause them to understand the reading. 
and Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, or the, the uh, governor, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said to all the people, This is holy to the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For the people wept when they heard the words of the law. So it's interesting because God gives us input into our lives uh, about things that that He wants us to change. Um, you know, and there are things, of course, that we we have power to change. There are things we have power to do, uh, and and He gives us power to to work on things in our life. One of the the Things I always remember when God points out something to me that needs to be fixed or changed is that He wouldn't point it out if we weren't going to work on it, you know. And um, if I'm not on board about working on it, He knows how to get me on board with working on it. And the more the the more that happens, the the less and less He has to get you on board. So. Um, but you know the interesting thing is is uh, I, I don't know of any kids who set out to disappoint their parents. I don't know of any kids who set out to uh, you know I'm going to to pursue mediocrity and and just generally be a disappointment. You know I used to tell Levi uh, back when I used to uh, take him to preschool. I would walk into his classroom with him every day and. Uh, I would ask him if he was ready for another day of awesomenosity. And he'd be like, yes. I was like, are you ready to make your sacrifice upon the altar of knowledge? Yes. And uh, I'd keep going. He'd be like, Dad, stop it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, you know, and I was kind of being funny, but also being serious. And I would, I would, Tell the kids, it's like, all right, so you know, be good, pursue righteousness, be awesome, and and all that, because you know we we should pursue righteousness and be that example to the people around us, and uh, uh, so um, you know that's the thing that we do is we set out to to do the best we can do and and to be the the best that we can be, you know, never never thinking I am going to totally give this a C. C effort here, woo, you know, and you know, and uh, so uh, and there's nothing like doing something and you're you're so pleased that you got through this thing and it's like yes, look at what I made, and they just kind of look at it like oh, okay, good job, buddy. Tell me about it. What is it? <laughs> then you know that you've not done very well if they can't recognize what it is. Um, but uh, so so nobody sets out with that idea of uh, of not hitting the mark. Um, and um, and so they're listening to Ezra read the the book of the law to them, and they're finding out that wow, we have been so off base. A really long time, and uh, and so they wept when they heard the book of the law. They were they were uh, you know, I, and I'm sure they were weeping for all the uh, all the consequences that, that God had talked about in there. But they lived through them, or, or they or their parents did, and their grandparents did, and now they've grown up with this. Uh, you know, I mean, I can only imagine what that would be like 
you know, that you would uh, you know, grow up in, in Babylon and having your parents tell you, well, you know, we're here, you know, this isn't really home. This is, God told us to get comfortable here, but this is not where, you know, we, we lost the, the place that God gave us because we wouldn't obey Him. Because we, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine trying to have that kind of conversation with your kid. And uh, so, so they wept when they heard the words of the law. They were disappointed also that to find that they they were not doing the things that God wanted them to to do. But this is really precious because uh, in verse nine he says, "This day is holy to the Lord your God. More not, nor weep." For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. For he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be, be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared to them. So, you know, we, we think of God tweaking things in our life and, and giving us directions about things as this, about things as being uh, this scary, you know, terrible thing. And, and when you realize that you've fallen short, it is discouraging. You know, that's, Totally normal, um, but it's a it's a precious thing here because they have just built the wall in in Jerusalem, and they are and God is setting these things in order. Like so, we're going to rebuild this, and we're gonna we're gonna do this again, and and so they're they're still mourning the fact that they're even in this spot that they're kind of having to start from here. But God's happy about it. He's like, hey, we're, you know, it's better to be, you know, first day going the right direction than, you know, 150 going the wrong way. And, uh, you know, you know, you fast forward to the New Testament, Paul said that, you know, that he forgot about everything that was behind him. You know, he, he put yesterday behind him. And, and, and we talked about that last week. It's easy to get mired in both the successes and the, um, failures of yesterday. Um, but there's something about God getting things set right in our life, saying, you know, this is the way we're going to do this, that really brings joy. You know, and uh, there, there's something about, uh, you know, about correction that brings that kind of peace, instructions that bring that kind of peace. I mean, I've, I've sat down with my kids and they're like, all right, look, I'm going to remind you of what the rules are. And we're going to talk about that, you know. And uh, sometimes it's like, you know, kind of a, this coaching thing. You know, when you go to a, like an amusement park, you know those people get really tired of saying all those things that they have to tell you every, like, because, you know, they repeat it like 12, 15 times an hour uh, to all these people that are getting ready to go on this ride. That would get really old. I have a tendency to kind of drone a little bit when I'm doing my sales presentations. And I, I'm, I try not to, but it's like, I have said this so many times that... Um, you know, and to them, it's like this is the first time they've heard it, so I'm trying to like slow it down. But um, you know, it's like so. So here's the rules. This is the thing that we're gonna do. 
and you know we've we've done this before. What I'd really like is to do this, and and there's something about that acceptance of that that brings peace. You know, I I recall uh, these young men. Uh, you know, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. But um, uh, making making quite the scene in the airport once in uh, in Honduras. And uh, um, these men, whoever they were, I cannot tell. Uh, Yes, boys, yes. That's a much better word for it. Small wonder Cynthia's uh, mom was like, I'm so glad my daughters aren't interested in those boys. So. But uh, anyway, um, you know, he, uh, Ron talked to these young men, these boys. Like, now, if you look around, you'll see that no one in this airport is doing the kinds of things that you're doing. And people are looking. Um, now, this is not a demand, but what I am hoping. And there was just this, like, pregnant pause. <laughs> And at last, like, okay, it was me. I could not, <laughs> as if he didn't already know that. I, I couldn't take the pressure anymore. I was like, is it, we'll stop? He's like, yes. Yes. And so then we went and spent the rest of the wait in the airport just sitting quietly like everybody else. So, But it brought peace to everybody on the trip and everybody in the airport. And, um, no, but it was a day that was holy. Because we were getting instructions, and I recall this time that um, back when we used to have church, like a regular service on Friday nights, uh, we were wrestling out in the grass out there, and then we would come in all sweaty and grass stained and sit on the front row, all excited about the word. And uh, Fred was preaching that night. He's like, "Man, it's like I came up and I saw these guys wrestling each other and." throwing each other in the dirt and everything. I thought, these guys are supposed to be brothers. And then I hear all these stories about their childhood, and I'm thinking, I was calling the kettle black. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but we all took that as instructions. Like, so, you know, we didn't have, you know, our parents weren't here to tell us, hey, this is church. Chill out, you know. Like, you know, save the wrestling thing for home. And uh, so, so we got some instructions, and we stopped doing that. And so, um, you know, it really is a really great thing. Um, you know, I remember this story that Mark Rutland tells about talking to this woman who had spent her life uh, in that whole like party lifestyle, you know, the, the drinking, the alcohol, the the, the drugs, and, and all the all that stuff, and um, and she just talked about how she just she didn't know she wanted her life to be different. She wanted life to be better, and um, and and she and he said, well, have you have you thought about not doing those things. And I and I get that there's more to it than that. 
and so does he. But he said, if you thought about just not doing that stuff, getting away from that stuff, like getting away from the people that drag you into that kind of stuff. And she looked at him dumbfounded. And she said, you mean I don't have to do what I want to do? Yeah, you don't. Because we think that if we always get to do what we want to do, it's going to make us happy. But it really doesn't. Um, You know, there's, uh, I think I told you guys last week, I was talking with the kids about there's the have-to-dos and the Uh want-to-dos. And you you won't be happy doing the want-to-dos if you don't put the have-to-dos first. And a lot of times the have-to-dos will crowd out a bunch of your want-to-dos and then they become I-hope-to-dos. So, someday in the distant future. Um, but uh, but it really is a blessing when God talks to us about, hey, here's the thing that we're going to do. Here's the direction we're going to go. Here's how we can fix this issue. Because it, here in this story, you know, basically you, you've got these people who have grown up probably not really ever having heard this stuff. Uh, from the law, they just they they knew that they were Jews. They knew that they were different than everybody else in Persia, and they got sent back to build the temple. It's like, who wouldn't want to go back to Jerusalem? I mean, for them, it would be like probably this mythical place, you know. Besides the few, the few old folk that had that remembered it, and uh, I was talking with somebody yesterday, and they they were going to bring some kids to the the thing. Uh, yesterday afternoon, and they get in the car and like, now who are you again? <laughs> it's just like they didn't care who who was taking them; they just wanted to go somewhere. Uh, so it's a great thing, uh, but it's precious because they're they're unhappy, you know, about where they're at, you know. And there's nothing like, you know, like when you correct a child and they just they're just so disgusted. That, that here we are having this conversation, and I think that happens more as they get older than it is when they're when they're real little. You know, Jeremy's kind of at the age where it just kind of really, you know, and then you just oh man, dang it, you know, and so. But it's a good thing. It's like hey, I'm not mad. I'm just telling you, hey, let's let's not do that. And here's why. And let's move on. This day is holy. It's like you know now now let's you know go. To, you know, eat the fat, drink the sweet, you know, and which is a precious thing because it's like that's not something they typically did. You know, they usually would, you know, like the priests had the, the meat boiled and all that stuff, and it's like, who knows, that's great. And, um, you know, and so it's like he, God's talking about, like, making this a party, you know, uh, about just getting getting everybody on the same page and, and making a fresh, start about doing these things right and God says it's a party. Like that's a really precious thing. And so I'm going to read that again. He said, so he said, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions to them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Which I think is really precious because it's easy to get mired in the dang it. You know, like I said, we, we get... We get mired in that sense of I can't believe it, especially if you know, especially if we've had this conversation before, especially if we've been around this mountain before. It's really easy to get discouraged about those things, and 
you know, it makes me think of how Jesus told Peter, like, well, you, you know, how often would, uh, you know, would my brother sin against me and I'd forgive him? You know, seven times in a day. He's like, well, try 70 times seven. So, you know, it gives us some sense of, of what God's expectation is and what, and, and how, how much forbearance He has for us as long as we're working with Him and wanting to get these things right. And, uh, and even when we don't, He still works with us and He brings us to that place where we want to get things right. But, uh, you know, the joy of the Lord is a, is a really valuable thing. And, and the precious thing about that joy is that it's not about a feeling so much. It's not about, I feel really great, you know, emotionally because of these things. It's, I, I am, you know, beyond this, this kind of emotional thing that I'm dealing with at the moment. I have this sense of abiding well-being. That's uh, that's that's totally independent of circumstance. That's what that's what joy is, and and when you have um, when you have a relationship with God, and when you when you understand that He guides your steps, and that that He has already set this destination for you, and then He has marked the whole way, and all you have to do is just get on the train and ride the tracks. Um, it's it really does bring joy and you know even if today is kind of meh you know, um, you know if you haven't heard that sermon that non pet preached a couple years ago at New Year's about how God declares the end of the thing and then and then He starts at the beginning and He walks you all the way through it all you got to do is walk it out you, you got to dig that up it was awesome because really God does do that and and the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord or woman. Either one. God's no respecter of persons. I could use his persons. I remember going somewhere when I was a kid, and the thing said, um, uh, like, like, seating capacity, so many persons. And I don't know, I was probably seven. And I looked at my mom, and I was like, why does it say persons? Shouldn't it say people? Persons isn't even a word. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, well, some people don't like to be grouped with other people, so it's persons. And I was like, well, some persons need help. <laughs> like, what the heck? Like, okay. Like, how many persons in your party? Like, okay. Um, uh, so, uh, so in verse 11, so the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for this day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared to them. And that's a really great thing because sometimes we just didn't get it. And God knows if you got it or not. And so if He gives you instructions and you didn't get it, then His expectation is that we're going to probably talk about this again down the road and I'll explain it to you again. Or maybe I'll... Hit it from a different angle. Um, I don't know how many times I've kind of had to like talk in circles around something, trying to figure out a way to explain it, uh, explain something to my children uh, kind of, that was kind of at their level, you know? Because like you start out like explaining it like an adult, and sometimes they look at you like, "Okay, yeah, I totally got that," and then they start hiccuping. But um, 
so, um, but it's precious because they went and had a party. They they were they were excited about getting on the same page with God. And um, so, yeah, that's I, I'll stop there. But the the thing is, is you know there are. And we were talking Friday night about how there's lots of really serious things going on in the in the world and and, and just around us here at the church and um, and and how we really need that sense of of holiness in our lives and consecration to the things of God and um, you know and that's and that's actually what I was thinking of was like man. Because we, you know, Ron talked about the, the whole picture of the moon getting dark just a little bit at a time, and I was just sitting over there in my chair, and I started kind of going through this inventory of me, and I was thinking, yeah, there's that thing that I just sort of slowly crept in, and that thing that slowly crept in, and that thing that slowly crept in, and it was, I was discouraged. It's like, man, it's like, what the heck? <laughs> Everybody's like, man, you look really tired. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. Actually, I was really tired, and I like fell asleep during prayer. But, but I was actually really discouraged, and I was really thinking, and uh, and so, uh, um, but yesterday I felt like God brought me right to that because you know there is this sense of God getting things straightened out in our life that really is a blessing. And I was thinking about that story about the the woman that Mark Rutland talked to because. Um, there's these things that we want to do and we think that we're going to feel so great when we do and then we don't. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just, I, mean, I immediately just tossed these things out of my life and, uh, I mean, for one day, you know, yesterday was like this, this completely different kind of day. It was a really great day. And, um, you know, things I thought I would really miss or feel compelled to to do or to to think about or whatever, I just like eh, you know, and it was really a precious thing, and it was actually I felt way better at the end of the day than I had in a long time at the end of the day. So it it really is you know a, a party on the mountain when when we get on the same page with God and the things that that He wants in our life. So Jesus, we just we thank you for your word to us. And, and we just pray that you would bring all of us uh, to these places in our life, God, because that's what you do. And when when you want us to change things in our life or when you want to change something in our life, God, we want to work in concert with you. God, and we want to be um, excited about getting these things fixed. God, when we have a goal in mind of... Um, of growing up into the the full stature of the man Christ Jesus, Lord, then the this is one of those steps. This is one of those things, and we want to be excited about about getting these things uh, changed in us, God. That would make these things work right. And God, today we just pray that you would give us ears to hear, God. That in this place you would do exactly what you want done, God, and that every need in this place would be met. Uh, by you, by your sufficiency and provision. God, we pray it and ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.